Hey everyone, I'm Victoria. And I'm Micah. We're two regular mamas living in Texas. We have five kids between the two of us, and we're here to share what we've learned about motherhood and what we're still figuring out along the way. If we've learned anything, it's that motherhood is a wild ride. Hang out with us and fill up a glass because this is Moms Uncorked. Hey everybody, this week we're doing something a little fun and different. We are going to tell our birth stories. So I am going to go first, which makes sense because Charlie's the oldest out of all of our children. That's true. You did Uh, go first. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We'll go in order. It'll be fun. Um, But yeah, so I'm just going to... I'm going to tell this story. Um, I'm excited. I love li- hearing other people's birth stories. So hopefully y'all, y'all are on the same page. Um, when I told Caleb we were going to do this episode, he actually told me that I'm not good at telling the story. <laughs> uh, so he's excited to tell his version in a few weeks when they talk about it. Uh, but the reason that he says I'm not good at telling it is because I was so out of it. Um that I really don't have like a good memory mm-hmm. of it. Um, so the way that I tell the story is like the way that I've heard him and my mom yeah. tell it so many times. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the only way that I know it. <laughs> well, I was going to say because I don't um, know that I actually have heard it from you. I heard it from Caleb. Probably not. Time. Caleb tells it great and he tells it very animated mm-hmm. and he like has all the details. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so he'll have to tell the story in his in his own yeah. version. Um, but for today, we get mine. So with Charlie, I had a very, very normal pregnancy. Um, I don't recall really ever having like Braxton Hicks or like false labor or anything like that. And at the end of pregnancy, you go to the doctor what? Once a yep. week? Uh-huh. Or every two weeks? You go once once a a month, every two weeks, and then the last, like, three weeks, you go every week, I think. Okay. So I was going to my every week visit. Um, My doctor was not doing any type of, like, cervical exams or anything like that. Um, So it was never, like, I knew how much I was dilated or anything like that. Um, So I'm going once a week. And it's, it's like the week that I'm, that I'm due and I go to my scheduled appointment and they're like, okay, well, you know, we're going to schedule you to come back next week if you make it that far. Um, so I went back for my visit. I was 40 weeks, four days. Actually, I guess technically, no, yeah, 40 weeks, four days. And I go in and they're like, anything going on? And I'm saying, no, you know, I feel fine. I was still working. Um, my, my boss at the time was actually like, uh, I don't know if I'm going to put you on the schedule for next week. Like <laughs> we're, we're probably going to have a yeah. baby. Uh, but I was still working. So I go into my visit and, you know, same old thing. They do my vitals. They ask me how I'm doing and they decided to do an ultrasound. And so they do the ultrasound and the doctor comes in and she was like, this baby looks really big. And I'm like, well, okay. So what I've what I've learned is that when they tell you the size of a baby through any kind of like ultrasound or you know anything like that, that they might say the baby is you know measuring at seven pounds, but really that weight can be plus or minus two. Yeah. So they might think they're seeing a you know a ten pound baby, but really it's eight. Or you know, in my case, they thought that they were seeing a pretty big baby. Um, it ended up being not I don't know not yeah. huge. Um, but so they tell me my baby looks big, but they also said that I was losing some mm-hmm. fluid. Um, so they wanted to induce. Mm-hmm. And I didn't fight them because I didn't know any better at the time. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm at this appointment by myself. I'm at this appointment by myself. It's like mid morning and I'm like, okay, like, what do I do? Uh, my doctor, so like right now, you know, the doctor that we have is there, kind of connected to the yeah. hospital. At the time, I was not going to like an office that was connected to to a hospital. Um, so I'm like, okay, what do I do? Do I go to the hospital right now? And they ask me how far I live, and I tell them, well, about 15 minutes. So they said, go home, like you know, do whatever you need to do, come right back, like as soon as you can, you know, like go get your stuff and and come on back. And so I leave the hospital. I'm calling Caleb, who's at work. He is not answering his phone. <laughs> I call him probably, I don't know, maybe two or three times. And I don't remember if it was going straight to voicemail or if it was just ringing and ringing and ringing. But I end up calling um, his coworker, who's a, you know his, one of his very best uh-huh. friends and somebody that I know very well. I call him and Caleb answers his phone because obviously if I'm calling him, right. like something's going yeah. on. And he answers it, and I'm pretty sure he answers the phone, and it's like, are we having a baby today? (laughs) And I'm like, yep, it's go time. Like, you got to come home. We have to go to the hospital. So I go home. Uh, My bag is already packed. I'm pretty sure I showered, like, washed my hair, put on some makeup. Yeah, probably, yeah. And uh, Caleb, you know, gets his bag, and we drive to the hospital. So we get there. We were already, you know, like, pre-registered or whatever, and they put us in not even a room you know they put you in like a bay mm-hmm. at first and they're just kind of monitoring things and taking their sweet ass time Ugh. it was a very long experience yeah. um i wish i knew how long i was like waiting in a bed that was not my like delivery room because it was obnoxious um i was started on pitocin because they wanted to induce labor obviously mm-hmm. And it was like all downhill from there. Yeah. So what I now know is like what they call the cascade of interventions. Yeah. You get one thing and then you need all these other things. So they start me on Pitocin and we wait and we wait and we wait and I start having contractions. Um, they're totally bearable like in those initial stages. And I remember the anesthesiologist coming in and saying like, well, are you ready for the epidural? And my dumb ass is like, well, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I was not in any pain. Like I was, these were very manageable contractions. I was in no way far along enough in labor to ask for an epidural. But I did because I didn't know better. <laughs> so, so I get this epidural and then I'm just hanging out with like, you know, no feeling in my legs. Uh-huh for hours Mm. and hours and I'm having contractions and I can it it was so strange because you could like feel them obviously um but it's like yeah I'm having a contraction right now but you're totally fine so I'm having these contractions but they're coming in to check me and I am not dilating the way that like they would have Mm -hmm. hoped um so it's like they're checking me out hour after hour after hour, and it is not progressing. Um, and I remember the, my doctor, my OB, coming in at one point and saying, we might have to have a C-section. And I tried to hold it together so mm-hmm. bad because obviously if the doctor is telling you something, it's probably in your best interest. But it was just not what I wanted to yeah. do. It wasn't what I wanted. And, you know, she told me and I just remember starting to kind of cry and Caleb saying, like, it's OK. Like, we're going to have a baby yeah. either yeah. way. And uh, so she's like, well, wait and see. But, you know, if, if things aren't happening, like, we need to get this baby out of mm-hmm. you. 
And I have uh, a question talking about getting the baby they, out of you. Yes. Uh, did they, so they started, they just straight up started you on Pitocin. Did they yep. break your waters or anything as well when they did that? Um, I, I don't remember. Okay. I'm sure they did. Um, I don't know. I'm sure they did, but I don't. I don't remember it happening. Okay. I, I definitely remember they started me on the pitocin first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I remember it more clearly with Maddie because that was a year ago. But yeah, I, don't I know it's hard. Going. I'm even trying to remember it too. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I was just curious. Um, uh, I hadn't, you know, they kept checking me, and at one point, I remember it was uh, like one of the nurses or students or whatever that said, like, no, you know, you're still only at six centimeters or, um, you know, six or seven. And the doctor came in and she checked and she said, you know, actually, she's almost nine. But what? I had like swelling or something going on. Yeah, it was weird. Um, like the the student or the nurse thought one thing, and the doctor said, no, actually, um, she's really close to nine. So this was this was after 24 hours. I was in labor yeah, I remember that. for 24 hours, yep. and it was a nightmare just because it took so long. And you can't eat, yep. you yeah. know, you're tired. Um, and so they're like, okay, like it's time, it's time to push. So when I gave birth at this hospital, it was um, great hospital, um, great hospital, and but it's a teaching hospital. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know, when you give birth at a teaching hospital, mm-hmm. there's like a team of 20 people in yeah. the room because you don't just have your OB and a nurse, which I later found out was like normal. <laughs> you have an OB and a nurse and like a couple of nursing students and then maybe like a first year resident and a second year resident and a third year resident and some, you know, OB fellows or whatever. Um, so there was a lot of people. And I'm pushing, and I'm pushing. I, I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, that I pushed for an hour. Okay. And um, I, I don't remember this. So Caleb is in the room, and my mom is in the room, and I'm pushing, and I'm pushing, and I'm, like, feeling like I'm dying yeah, at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember them telling me, we need to use, um, you know, we're going to use the forceps. Yeah. So it's like, okay, you know, (laughs) so they're using the forceps and they cannot get this baby out of me. And then, um, I remember my OB like left the room and she came back and she had this like older man doctor with her. And she was like, you know, I don't know if it was like her superior or whatever, but she had this other doctor, like this second set of hands basically. And she was like, okay, the forceps didn't work. Um, we're going to have to use the vacuum. The vacuum. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. So, <laughs> Question. So could, you, could you feel and then, it? What did that yes. feel like? I don't think so. I think because I have the epidural, I couldn't you feel, feel like much of anything going on. Okay. I remember feeling pressure, uh-huh. um, but that's okay. it. I don't remember being any pain, um, nothing. And so they start using this vacuum. And my OB is like a pretty small, like she's a very petite. And I remember her, like, with the vacuum in her hands, like, sticking it there. And she's, like, almost having to, like, brace herself on the bed, you know, to, like, pull (laughs) back on this vacuum. And this is where it gets crazy. So she pulls back. And I don't remember this. I wish I did. But Caleb says (laughs) that you just saw, like, blood. Like, blood splatter over my doctor and whoever was standing there next to her. Um... And there was still like no baby out at that at that moment in time. 
my mom leaves the room in tears. Oh. And apparently, so we had all of our family, my brothers and sisters, my in-laws, like everybody was there in the waiting room. My mom leaves the room in tears and apparently like goes out there crying, freaking out like our entire family. Yeah. And and, um, I'm pretty sure it was my mother-in-law who like calmed her down and said like, you're going to be fine. Go back in there. And so my mom comes back in and... I mean, they got the baby out, like, right right after yeah. that. It wasn't too long of, like, the four-step vacuum combo thing. They finally pull this baby out and give him to me. And I don't even remember if I cried. I know I held my baby. And I remember being so, like, uncontrollably shaky mm-hmm. that after a couple minutes, I was like, babe, you got to get this baby from me. I'm going to drop yeah. it. Yeah. And I was just, I was trembling. I was in so much pain. They're like doing the thing where they get um, the like placenta out of you, which is super uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but I'm just shaking and shaking and shaking. And it, it did calm down eventually. But Caleb was excited because he got to like really hold that baby in those first yeah. like early minutes, hours or whatever, because I just could not. Um, but there was Charlie, eight pounds, <laughs> point. I think he was eight pounds, 0.1 ounces. Oh. No, eight pounds, one ounce. Okay. Eight pounds, okay. one ounce. Um, so, I mean, that's not, he, yeah, he was like on the bigger side, yeah. but he wasn't a huge baby. Yeah. Like, he wasn't abnormally large. Um, but my God, like, wasn't an experience. And <laughs> Caleb really does tell the story better than yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I really don't, like, it's, I remember being in labor. I remember them giving me the baby. Um, I remember see like, I can't picture faces, but I remember seeing so many people just in the room at my, you know, like at the foot of the bed. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was something. That's crazy. And then totally healthy baby. Charlie was totally fine. <laughs> um, other than like a little bit of jaundice. Yeah. But, yeah. It was crazy. So with the... Um, and I'm really glad that my second birth ended up different. <laughs> I know. So with the forceps and the vacuum, did they just do it with your contractions and you pushing, or did they do it like completely on their own, like complete, like forget contractions, forget you pushing, or did they try to like time it with you? I'm pretty sure they were trying to time it with contractions and me pushing. Um, I mean, I at least had, I imagine that would that would be make sense. I don't know. That's like, why I'm asking because I actually bet. don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'm assuming so. I don't think they would do it without mm-hmm. it, but. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. Um, and you know, they, I remember when I was still like in the room that wasn't my room in just the bay and they're going over all the paperwork and they're like, okay, do we have consent to do, um, you know, this, that or the other? Oh, an episiotomy. Mm. I also had to have an episiotomy, mm-hmm. um, with, with Charlie. Okay. That was just, that was in there in, in the interventions, you guys. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I remember them saying like, okay, do you give us consent to do the episiotomy and use the forceps and use the vacuum and do this, that, and the other if necessary. And we're like, yeah, yeah get the know, baby whatever. out. We did not think that it would happen. <laughs> we didn't think that all of them would have to happen. Um, so that was, that was something. That's my story. Um, I don't know. We still kind of make fun of my mom for like leaving the room in tears, <laughs> um, but she really did panic. Oh, I'm sure. She panicked everybody. Yeah. And she, the way she says it is like, she thought that the baby's head was going to pop off. Well, that's like, what, that was what, that's was what I was going to say, because the way <laughs> Caleb tells it, it makes more sense why your mom had the reaction that she had with the way like Caleb tells it. Yeah. So, <laughs> I was like, so me knowing Caleb's story, Because he's like, very yeah. dramatic and animated. 
<laughs> oh man. There's one thing so there's funny, one thing I did yes. want to bring up because you talked about how in the beginning you were like, so they said to induce and I said, sure, because I didn't know any better. And that's like mm. a really good, like, I think that's something worth being brought up because especially as a first time yeah. birth giver, I don't know, it's <laughs> a first time mom, like you don't, you just <laughs> yeah. do, you just do whatever the doctor says, unless you like know better and mm -hmm. research. And I'll be honest, I even like... I did know better in a sense because I watched you go through it and then I had heard of other stories with inducing and how much like how much more difficult and how many more interventions they had to have so like mm -hmm. I knew that and I I yeah. remember telling Brian like I really don't want to induce unless I truly like mm -hmm. unless I really 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 have to I want to try to hang in there yeah but you don't realize how you're gonna feel when that week 40 hits either like, because <laughs> yep, I remember I was adamant. I was like, no, 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 no. And then holy crap, that week 40 hit. And I was like, get him out. Like, I'm done. Like, I don't care what we have to do. I want a date and I want to be done. Like, And then going like, and then immediately after you start thinking about it and you're like, shit, why did I do? Like, why did I induce? I knew better and I still did it. And... And it's hard. So I always like, whenever I talk to other moms that are about to give birth, I'm like, like, please don't do the induction. I know it sounds like great. It sounds casual. It sounds fantastic. But like, it almost always seems like it makes for a harder labor. But on the flip side, I also completely understand if you do choose to do that, because it's miserable. Yep. It's I'm like, I'm at 36 right now. And I'm like, oh, now I remember. Jeez, like, 36. You're almost I know. There. I'm like, now I remember why we induced. <laughs> like, because. Oh, and I mean, I've known people who do it and they have no yes, issues. Yes. And um, I even know of one, one, I mean, I don't, I say I know her. I know somebody online, but like, I've heard of people who do it and have no issues and uh -huh. they have like a, you know, they, they get induced and it's fairly quick and they have a baby the same day and within a few hours. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I also know what the research says. Yeah. Like if you have it, if you are induced, you are way more likely to go through all of the interventions and you have a higher chance of having to have a C-section because it fails anyways. So, yes. And that was, uh, I've had, that's, I mean, that's part of why I was so adamant. Yes. I've had several friends like who did have super successful inductions. And I think it really mm -hmm. goes back to how they say to research your doctor, research your hospital and get to know like their wow. birthing styles because I had a very close friend. Our babies are born, I think they're four hours apart. Um, so we, oh and we, we went into it, like we got induced. Um, generally at the same time, I actually, she got induced like six hours before me. And then she had her, oh, her wow. baby four hours after me. So her hospital, so then like <laughs> listening to her hospital and the way that they handle induction was super different than how mine did because it was very like, like how you were talking about time-based and like really just mm -hmm. trying to push it literally. And the ones that she gave birth <laughs> at were not that way. And they were very much more like controlled and they didn't pressure her as much and they let her have as long as of a labor as she wanted and like didn't turn the Pitocin mm -hmm. up too high and like did not put her mm -hmm. or the baby under any stressful circumstances and all and hers turned out great. 
And so like knowing all of that, oh, yeah. Nice. And so she always had very successful inductions, but, um, Man. It's it's hard to I, I know it's hard to know it's like hindsight's always twenty twenty it's hard to know <laughs> but but I did want to bring in that inducing thing because it is it's hard and you don't know any yeah. better but even if you do sometimes it's hard to like not just like go for it <laughs> yeah I will say that I was I mean I was adamant the second time around like I was not going to be induced mm-hmm. I did my research and. I was like, it's not going to happen. And I remember maybe at like, I don't know, whenever they start planning mm-hmm. for for labor at, you know, 36, 37 weeks. And the, the doctor, you know, my new OB, our OB, knew that I was induced the first time. And she was like, well, is that something that you want to do? And I said, absolutely yeah. not. And she said, okay, um, like, let's look at a calendar. And she said, what's the farthest that you're willing to go before we have, you know, obviously at some yeah. point you have to take the baby out. It becomes not, um, unsafe. Mm-hmm. And I said, like, when is the latest that you'll let me? And, I mean, she looked at the calendar, and I, I forget how far Usually it is, it's 41. she counted the days, and she said 41. Yeah, and okay. then they start counting down. Saying, like, yeah. we'll do it the last possible day. Mm-hmm. We'll put it on the calendar. I'm there. It was, you know, that's on a Tuesday. I'll, I know I'll be here. Like, if you have to be induced, we'll do it on that day. And I said, okay, but it's not going <laughs> to And, um, and, um. I just, I did not want it. And I also, I wasn't to a point in pregnancy either time where I was like, get this baby out of me. Um, like I, I wasn't in pain. I was still moving around fine. Um, so I was like, I will do whatever it takes. Just do not like, do not make me go through that again. It was so traumatic the first yeah. time. Um, and I just wanted to like, let my body kind of experience labor. Yeah. So yeah. that was that. It worked. I love it. I love it. Did you have any, what your mama never told you other than her? I like your story though of her I walking think... out, honestly. Oh, man, yes. Um, I think what my mom never told me was that, like, things cannot go according to plan. Mm -hmm. Um, I've never really heard my mom's birth stories. I know know after one of us, maybe it was me, I know after one of us, um, she did hemorrhage Mm -hmm. and ended up, like, back in a hospital. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know. I just, like... She never told me that things don't always go according to plan. Yeah. So I was definitely planning on like going into labor and having a baby or like maybe needing a C-section but didn't want it. Um, but the fact that like I could go through this 24 hours of this very, very traumatic like birth and labor yeah. was not something that, that I ever envisioned. So mom, you never warned me. <laughs> I love it. Um, well, I like, you know, I want to know uh, as as we – if you're good to close out the episode, I, um, you are the only person that I know that needed forceps and vacuum that I know of. Me too. Um, So really (laughs) for the, your specific episode, I would love to hear, I want to know like how many people actually went through that. And if theirs was kind of similar, like I, for some reason, when you think about forceps and vacuum, I think like you could like, that would hurt really bad, but like, you said you it did it like you felt <laughs> so I'm interested to hear what other people if they like if they had it and how it felt for them is what I think. So mm-hmm. um let us know yeah, absolutely. on Vic's post at mom's underscore uncorked podcast <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> she got it. <laughs> All right, Vic, anything to add? All right. Stay tuned for Micah's. Nope. Um, we're going to do Micah's birth story next. So these will come out like a few days apart from each other. Yep. So listen to them all because they'll be Thanks fun. Thanks for sharing, Vic. <laughs> Bye. Bye.